Sports Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. For you, the listener, it's hour number two for me. It's hour number one and my only hour of the show today. I've had quite an adventure this morning. Uh, but yes, good to be here. Light the tower. I am Jeff Howe. Craig Way out today on his way to Stanford for the Sanford Super Regional. Cameron Parker behind the glass doing an outstanding job in the first hour, Cameron. Well, thank you, Jeff. Very so, good. like, because you were out hour one, does that mean I get to leave for hour two? Well, if you did that, um, the show would be terrible. It would just be <laughs> me talking nonstop for an hour because I don't know how to do anything. I'd have to wait till Isaiah or somebody got here to run the board because okay. I don't know. How to, I don't know how to do that. I can't push the buttons back there. Okay, I'll just I'll just tell them to double my pay. I, mean, I guess I right. Can push the buttons, but it's uh, it'd be a big old mess. Specs text line is open three three seven three seven seven six. I didn't catch all of Cam uh, doing the first hour, but. And probably this was when you were doing the flex update, which I was on my way like out of the car and up the elevator, which is why I didn't hear it. Uh, you left out the ILU and Liberty ILU. Yeah, um, as we know, spec textures love them to death. They will correct you if you mispronounce the Texas city name. And I'm not from Texas, so I'm still I'm still learning. I'm still learning the names. I, I think I got Waxahachie down. Did I say it right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I'm getting there. Uh, I saw Texarkana, Liberty ILU. And I was like, I don't know how to say Ilo. So I just said Liberty. Uh, thank you to the texture saying uh, Ilo is how you pronounce it. Um, last night we had an issue with Pureland Pearland because one of the flex hosts said it wrong. <laughs> um, and, of course, Specs text line to the rescue. Again, to uh, remind us how to say these names correctly. Uh, Cam, can you tell me the most famous alum of Liberty Ilo High School? Um... I can't. In my opinion, this is a, I'm sure Liberty Ilo folks will, will argue that it could be somebody else. I'm going to go with Michael James. Wow, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with Michael the James. Speed Demon? Yes. Uh went to Oregon, played for the uh for the 49ers. So he was he was part of the Marcus Mariota team, right? That was I think when Oregon was at the peak of popularity because they had, you know, they had the millions jerseys, right? But they also had like the wings on it. And you saw how fast the Michael James was off of kickoff returns, and and in that that Kelly offense, man, that was that was a fun Oregon team to watch. Yeah, La Michael James was uh, twenty eleven was his last season. Oregon made a Rose Bowl that year. Uh, DeAnthony Thomas was what was DeAnthony Thomas? I think was class of twenty ten. Mm-hmm. If I remember right, Thomas was uh, Royce Freeman. Also was with Mariota. Yeah. So. It's a really, really talented Oregon team. So, yeah, I'll probably go, uh, you know, you get Trey Carson, uh, Brandon Jones, the former OU wide receiver who played in the NFL for a little bit, and he went to Liberty Island. So you got a couple of guys, but I'll, I'll go with Michael James. For, that's a fun game to play when you can look at, you know, teams in, like, the state basketball tournament or the state baseball tournament and say, hey, who's the most famous alum that went to school there? Uh, and it's, a, it's kind of a fun game to play. just lets you know all, all across the state, all over the state, produce a lot of quality athletes, a lot of quality folks. So playing this game for Westlake, who do you think is the most popular Westlake alum? Drew Brees. You think so? Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. Was there anybody else you were thinking of? No, I, I, I think baseball, you think of Houston Street, right? Houston, yeah. Kelly Gruber would be up there too. Okay. For for football, yeah, I guess it would have to be Drew Brees. So, yeah. 
And then, of course, uh, Will Baker for basketball? Uh, Chris Mim, probably. That was more of a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Mim's pretty. Yeah, I, I was. Either, I was either, if you went Luke Baker, uh, Will Baker, or Luke Axtell, I was probably figuring you're doing a bit. So yeah, just, uh, but I just want I just want everybody to know. I just want to cover you there before we get text. Oh, how come you couldn't take Chris Mim? He was a first round pick and an All American. And I'm not dogging and on Will know. Baker. I like I Will. Uh, I've worked with him many times. He's a, he's a great kid. He's been doing great things outside of Texas. Will Baker, the three point maker, uh, was at least he was when he was at Nevada. Yeah. Now he'd be doing it at LSU. He'd be doing it in the SEC. Go Tigers. I mean, I'm just looking at the list of Westlake alums. Uh, yeah, I, I think Drew Brees is probably uh, Houston Street, Calvin Schiraldi, a lot of athletes. But, yeah, pro- I, it's Drew Brees. I think it's Drew Brees. Not the only Super Bowl winning. He, did mm. the Brees win the MVP against the, against the Colts? I think he did, right? So there is that two now Super Bowl MVPs that belong to Westlake High School? Because I know Nick Foles won MVP, right? Yes. I want to say Breeze did when they when they beat the Colts. Uh, let's see. Yes, Drew Breeze was yeah. Super Bowl MVP of Super Bowl 44. When in doubt, just go with the quarterback, the winning team. That's usually Trust me, I've been MVP. in the press box when you're voting on like bowl game MVPs and stuff or state championship game MVPs. You usually default to the quarterback. Yeah, unless someone just had a – a standout performance that says otherwise, right? Yeah. Like in the, uh, what year would that have been? That would have been the 2008, no, I'm sorry, 2018 state championships. If you didn't vote for Jordan Whittington yeah. for Quero, then there was there was something wrong with you. We were robbed. You didn't, you didn't watch the same game everybody else did. We were robbed. If the Colts lost to the Bears, of course, in the Super Bowl with uh, Cedric Benson, um, the late Cedric Benson. The other way around, Bears lost to the Colts. What did I say? Colts lost to the Bears. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Colts beat the Bears. If Bears win that game, I think Devin Hester gets MVP, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe not, but I think it would have been fun. He'd, he'd to have be been in the mix for it, for sure. Because he would have been the first kickoff man since uh, Green Bay guy. Desmond Howard. Thinking of Desmond Howard, yeah. 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 Former Heisman winner yeah. in Michigan. I didn't Stafford Jennings have a kick return for a touchdown for the Bengals back in the Bulls. That has been a Super Bowl 23 against the 49ers. I think I'm remembering that right. But at any rate. Kim, what do you say we talk some Longhorn football? Because we reported something really interesting at Horns 24-7 this morning. I want to get your take on it and get the listeners' take. Specs text line is open 337-3776. Let's go ahead and hit this in the notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Uh, I, I figured this would get the kind of reaction that it has on the flagship message board at Horns 24-7. Uh, so our, our lead tidbit in the Insider, Cam, is this, which that's our weekly collection of, of team uh VIP news notes and nuggets. We get this, the stampede on Monday with the recruiting stuff. The Insider comes out on Thursday. Um, this is really interesting, Cam. It's a tidbit about summer workouts, but maybe not what you would be thinking in terms of a summer workout tidbit. Okay. I'll read this is a quote from a source uh, to Horns twenty four seven in the Insider verbatim about why Steve Sarkeesian is changing the way plays are signaled. Now we don't know what they are going to right or what the change is going to be. But, quote, all of the cards that have been used and all of the signals from the sideline are completely being changed out. Sark got word that teams were onto his signals. So the last several meetings and player coach practices have been dedicated to learning the new signals. 
for the players. This has all just begun, so it's like learning a new language in a lot of ways because there's a lot of information coming in from the sideline each position group has to process. A player's ability to pick up these new signals is playing a big role in some of their ability to break into the two deep right now. The source said there were certain games, including last year's matchup against Alabama and UT's home game against TCU, quote, when it seemed like the other team knew what play was coming. The new special assistants, that being Paul Christ, uh, Payam Sadat, and Jody Camillus, looked at last year's games and confirmed the concerns that opponents might have known Texas' signals, the source mm. said. Mm. Getting the new signals down have been, quote, a huge priority for the two deep, end quote. Quote, everything these players have known in terms of the way plays were communicated the last two seasons has changed, end quote. So, Cam, that is fascinating to me for a couple yeah. of reasons. Namely, and again, props to our subscribers, our members at Horns 24-7. Could this explain at least some of the reason why Texas has struggled in second halves mm-hmm. under Sark? Wasn't this also an issue for Tom Herman's staff too, right? Yes. You know the first the first time I remember hearing this? I'm sure I heard about it before, but the first time I really remember hearing this. About Harmon or Sark's staff? No, this is back in 2004. Oh, oh okay. Uh, and Major Applewhite's told this story back on the, the record. Day. So, yeah. The word is Major Applewhite, who was a graduate assistant at the time, is walking through the football complex. And great Greg Robinson, the late great Greg Robinson, who's a did a fantastic job the two seasons he was at Texas in 2004 and, and 2013 getting that defense turnaround and putting actually a, a respectable product on the field by the end of the year after that debacle in Provo. Greg Davis, I'm sorry, Greg Robinson is in his office and Major Applewhite's walking down the hall and the TV in Greg Robinson's office is on full blast. The heck is going on? He goes in there and Greg Robinson with the TV on full blast has got his ear up to the TV speaker. You know, the old school, like, box TVs. He's got his ear up to the speaker. And Major's like, what are you doing? He said, they don't change their signals. Their signals are the same. So basically, Tech kept kept the same signals, and that's the short of it, why Texas, I think it was 55-28 or a lot to not enough when Texas, 55-21 when Texas went out to Lubbock in 04 mm. and beat Texas Tech because they didn't change their signals. And Greg Robinson pretty much knew what was coming, what calls to send in. So that's a big deal. You've got to constantly be changing your signals. And it sounds like Sark fell victim to that. And I do wonder, you know, we talk all the time about in, in 1999, the dummy script, the dummy script game, the Texas OU yep. game. where Mike Leach. Tom Herman and Oscar Giles. Yeah, another thing involving Mike Leach. Tom Herman and Oscar Giles picked up the dummy script, took it to the press box, to Bull Reese, and Texas took the bait, right? The, 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 the script that they thought was the actual play sheet was a dummy script. So this is something that's co- constantly got to evolve. Uh, but, Dad, that does – that to me could at least in part partly explain why second halves have been a big issue for this offense because if you're taking the first half, maybe you don't just want to go all in thinking, all right, maybe they changed them this week. And, and we know Sark is, is really, really good at designing an opening script. Maybe you're just taking the first half to figure out, okay, when Sark gets into the flow of calling plays, how what do their signals look like? And if you spend the first half thinking, okay, they're not going to change them, now we know what to expect in the second half, it makes it much easier to adjust when you know what's coming. So I'm not saying that excuses everything we've seen from Sark, but 
I would be naive to say that, all right, if you didn't change your signals, and we know stealing signals or looking at them, however you want to couch it, we know that that goes on in college football, it goes on in pro football, that would at least explain part of it. It has to. You'd be naive to think that that doesn't have something to do with the way this offense has struggled in the second half of games. It's a little bit concerning, Jeff, I think, because Sark's been calling plays since his days at USC, right? So you, you feel like he would have a good grasp of, like, okay, how can I avoid other teams catching on to our calls, right? So that's a little weird that in, in this time at Texas that teams figuring out. And how about this text from the Specs text line saying that their son – Worked for the West Virginia football team last year. Wow! And they knew every one of Texas's signals on offense. That's that's wild. What a con- contribution! Thank you, Specs Tech. That may be that. the best contribution we've ever gotten on the Specs Tech line. Assuming assuming this is legit, that, that that would be the best contribution we've ever gotten. I, I think it's it, changing your signals though is I think is easier said than done, right? Because, yeah. and I think for Sark, especially year one and even going into year two, there's still so much teaching you're doing. With, with the offense you're trying to install, uh, that maybe you just want to make sure that everybody understands what's going on. Especially last year, I mean, you think about it, breaking in a new quarterback with Quinn Ewers, you, you couldn't change a whole lot, right? Like, especially on the fly. I mean, that's that would be, yeah, that'd be you hamstringing your own quarterback. You're putting him at a disadvantage. But I think now the ability to start fresh and start over and, look, you know, before you, before you go to Tuscaloosa, you, you've got the Rice game to, to work the kinks out. You've got the Rice game to figure out how it's all going to go. And, and you, you know, you've got the camp scrimmages too, but you'll at least get that one game before you go to Tuscaloosa to try this out, give it a test drive, and see what's going on. Yeah, they're installing this in the spring. That tells you it's, it's not something they can change overnight. You mentioned that possibly being the, the best contribution to the Specs text line. What about this? Gary Patterson selling signals? Ah, uh, come on now. That's, no, uh, okay. no, 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 no. I don't know. That's uh, I'm not buying into the GP conspiracy. Come on now. And and, and you know, Gary still comes around the program a little bit. As a matter of fact, I was showing up for. Uh, I was parking my car for a uh, spring availability, and uh, I parked my car right there. Not the staff lot, but you know that lot right yeah. next to yep. to Moncrief. I yep. park right there and. Pulling up next to me right at the same time because it was post practice available. Yeah, GP pulls up. He'd been at practice and was just kind of hanging out, checking things out. What he said he would do, he said he'd come back from time to time. It'd be fun to be around because you got Paul Chris there, you got Gary Patterson there. I mean, there's some there's some great football minds. And going back to the insider piece on Horns247.com, of course the signal part is huge. But maybe maybe I'm getting ahead ahead of myself here, Jeff. Maybe stealing what you wanted to talk about. No, no, no. That's that's the main thing I wanted to, okay. to to get to. Just get that out there because I, I do think it's important. Outside of that, the biggest nugget as a Texas fan was that a team source told Horns two four seven that Jonathan Brooks is going to run for at least a thousand yards this year if he's fully healthy. No, oh, well, that's that's kind of the thing with him, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the only reason he didn't get more run in the Alamo Bowl was because he was already hurt and Sark has since confirmed that. I don't I think it was at a hernia, right? I don't yeah, I don't remember if it was during the spring or on one of the speaking tour gigs uh post spring ball, but he did say basically they had they had initially wanted to get Jonathan Brooks a lot of run in the bowl game, but then they realized he needed a hernia surgery, so that really cut down his reps. Yeah. Basically, he was good for exactly the the number of reps they used him for. Just turns out one of those reps was a touchdown. But yeah, I I don't I mean 
a thousand yards. I, that's a that's a tough. That's always a tough barometer to get to. Just assume a guy's going to be a thousand yard back. But I, I I don't I almost don't care if you have a thousand yard back. I, I think if you can take the production of of Bijan and Roshan and maybe split it up between three or four guys, I think you're going to be you're going to be just as fine. I, I do think this offense. You know, last year's offense, I thought Sark did a good job. I won't say a perfect job or a great job or an ideal job because I do think you left some meat on the bone, and I talked about that when Bijan made the announcement that he was turning pro. But I do think Sark did a good job of maximizing the advantage that Texas had over their opponents in terms of they had you can you can make you can make the claim Texas had the best backfield in the country last year. Oh, 100 percent with Bijan and Roche. Hundred percent. And whether that was utilizing more two-back sets, whether that was utilizing that 6-0 line package with Andre Carrick, uh, running more 12 personnel with two tight ends as your, as your base offense, uh, basically you're, you were doubling down on the, on the advantage you had with those two talented backs. Uh, again, left some meat on the bone in terms of how you use those guys. I mean, Bijan didn't get a target in the passing game in the TCU game, which you know uh, it was what it was. You had to bring that up. You just had to bring it was what it was. Not going to go back down that road and, and beat that dead horse even more. But – Sark did a good job. Uh, where is the where does the advantage lie for this offense? I think that's something that Sark has kind of spent the offseason really trying to pin down and figure out, okay, where's your advantage? I think clearly you look at it and the uh the advantage is with your depth at wide receiver, the potential depth you've got, especially with Isaiah Nayer on the way back, the addition of A. D. Mitchell, Cam, I know you got a, a glimpse of Jonte Cook in the spring. I think we can all agree he's really talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever you get from DeAndre Moore, Xavier Worthy, I, I'm wondering how he's going to be now with two fully functional hands. Uh, it, it's You've got the chance to have a real Jordan Whittington coming back. You've got the chance to be really good at receiver. I still think, as important as the tight end is in Sark's offense, I still think at the end of the day what B. John Robinson was to last year's offense, Jatavian Sanders is going to be to this year's offense. Wow. You, I, with, with Jatavian Sanders, and, and this kind of goes back to a little bit about what we talked about yesterday with the blue chip ratio. And again, you can go to Horns 24 uh, 7 and get Bud Elliott's 24 7 sports blue chip ratio article to see kind of where Texas stands in the pecking order in terms of percentage of the roster that are blue chip prospects and where Texas ranks in the country. Um, in terms of the talent you've got and then the talent at certain positions you've got, you can very much make the argument. And I would probably agree with this if if you wanted to tell me the statement as fa- as that you think is factual. Is Jatavian Sanders? I, I think he is. I think he's the best tight end in the country, not named Brock Bowers. Mm-hmm. Because Brock Bowers is is tight end number one for everybody. I haven't seen everybody's the preseason All America list are starting to come out. You'd be you'd be a dummy if you didn't have Brock Bowers as your first team tight end. But after that, did JT Sanders right in that mix? And I can very much make the case that he's he's number one. Rod Babers has brought up this point of the blitz, and it's really weird to think about it because it'll only be two years. But then again, like Jermichael Finley will only play. It's been assuming that JT goes pro after his junior season when he's draft eligible. But you only got two years out of Jermichael Finley, and he put up similar numbers. Jatavian Sanders has a chance to leave Texas as the most statistically prolific tight end in the history of the program. In terms of catches, he's already had the best single season in school history. And playing three years, one of those years he didn't catch a pass. Did not catch a pass in 2021. And he didn't redshirt because he was on, I know he was on the kickoff return team. He played some special teams and ended up playing 10 games in that season while he was really getting adjusted to the position. So you've got a really unique dynamic weapon and a guy that probably, I would say for the first time, 
Texas has, and you can make the argument that David Thomas was a five-tool tight end with, with his athleticism. I would say the, sure. la- the last time Texas had a legitimate five-tool tight end that has all the tools JT Sanders has, probably a healthy Bo Scaife wow. was the last time you had a tight end that had these kind of tools and, and had the ability to put it all together in terms of his ability as a blocker, hands, vertical threat, ball skills, the whole package. I think a healthy Bo Scaife was the last one you had. And I'm not taking anything away from David Thomas. But uh, people forget what kind of weapon. Like Bo Scaife had two very, very serious knee injuries, still got drafted, still played in the NFL, and was good enough in the NFL at one point that the Titans one year used their franchise tag to keep Bo Scaife around. That's how good Bo Scaife was in the NFL after two really serious knee injuries at Texas where Mac Brown once upon a time told him, hey, maybe it's time to start thinking about something else besides football. Maybe you really need to think about your health. That, that, that's where I think Jatavian Sanders is, and that's why I think if you're Sark, I think you build this offense around him. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I also think about how open the offense is going to be, right? Because how many times did we see the, the six-man jumbo package because whether it was the offensive line depth or just not having enough healthy bodies at receiver, this year you're going to have more depth wide up position, right? You just mentioned you just mentioned Jonte Cook, Isaiah Nayer, who in your the 247 piece uh, that came out, Today, you know, he looks really good. He looks really fast, a team source said. So you have Nair, you have uh, DeAndre Moore. I'm missing somebody else. You're going to have a, a lot of guys, right? So that means you're not going to see the six. Ryan Niblett's on Ryan campus Niblet right now, yeah. Back on campus. And then also more development, more experience, more reps for your offensive line, right? Sark is going to have a lot more trust going with a five-man offensive line, right? As opposed to last year where he had to go to the six-man a lot more than he probably wanted to, right? The offense was, I would say, a little bit hamstrung. And J.T. Sanders still, he still put up production and did things no other Texas tight end did. Now going the next year, I'm excited because you're going to have a lot more weapons on the field, right? Your defense, I felt like last year they could focus in on Bijan, Worthy, and Sanders. And remember, Worthy was injured. And if yeah. you already know the, with the other play calls coming in, and if maybe, you know, Defenses are kind of new. Yeah, Worthy's not 100%. They could hone in and really try and take away Sanders. Going into this season, if Texas can stay healthy, right, on the, on the skill positions with Jay Witt coming back. I forgot about Jay Witt. He's coming back. I feel like it opens up the offense a lot more for Sanders, too. A couple of things here. Uh, Stoner says, why did they let that info out that they're changing? Better if, oppo- uh, better if opponents think you don't, uh, you don't know. They have your signs. Well, I mean, regard they were gonna they're gonna find out anyway, and that's not like the the coaches that's on like Sart telling us, hey, uh, you know, here's what we're doing. Like that's mm-hmm. you know that's finding out information and reporting said information. So you know, it, if if you had to change your signals, you know, you were gonna change them anyway, and teams are gonna find out. It's not like they're gonna know. They're gonna they're gonna be able to tell right off the bat what your signals are anyway. So. Um, I don't. And by the way, Cam, that uh, that text we got that said their son worked for the West Virginia football program and swore up and down that everybody and basically everybody Texas played knew their signals. He did say, for whatever it's worth, it is it is legit. So that's uh, that is that is wild. Uh, Texas for five million a year uh, as head coach. I would have a lip reader on staff 
uh, and would send some NIL money to coaches' girlfriends. Dude, uh, that's why. Why do you think you see like Andy Reid and, and guys when you watch them on TV or at all, at all levels? Like, I, I don't know if I can't. I don't remember if Cam Sart does this or not. But you hold the your your call sheet. You hold it up does. over your face. I've I've seen because what he does is he'll crouch down. Right, he has his sheet, and I swear a lot of times he doesn't cover it up. And maybe I'm just remembering it wrong. But I remember seeing that and thinking, hmm, interesting. I'm not talking about covering up the place. I'm talking about just covering your mouth. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I don't see him like you know, kind of like cover it. You know, like we see with Andy Reid or Sean McVay or Shanahan. Yeah, I see like Kyle Shanahan. It's almost like a Wilson from Home Improvement. Like you just see his <laughs> eyes most of the time. Every now and then you'll see that sideline shot where you see Shanahan's whole face. But most of the time, it's like Wilson from Home Improvement. Like, can we see your whole face, dog? Who was the NFL coach that? Had a you know an Applebee's menu as their play call sheet. Is that Doug? I Peterson? vaguely remember that. Uh, let me look at that. I mean, that's also another option. I do just wanna... go with the fold out. You have seven pages that includes your starters all the way down. They're happy. I mean, maybe that'll throw off some teams too. Um, I do want to correct myself on the Specs text line. Um, Jonathan Brooks had two touchdowns in the bowl game. I was thinking, I was talking about the touchdown reception, but he did have, uh, and I've got the box score in front of me now with nine fifty to go in the game, a three yard touchdown run, uh, following an eleven play seventy four yard drive. So, my bad. Jonathan Brooks had two touchdowns in the bowl game. Uh, I threw that in the Google machine, Cam. I don't, uh, I don't see anything about. Oh, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that monstrosity. That's a pamphlet. That's like a. PDF, eight pages. Yeah, and that, that's the guy calling our plays this year. That's great. I'm really glad I looked that up. I'm going to try to forget that. <laughs> great. Why Why has it got to be Mike McCarthy with the Applebee's menu as the call sheet? What y'all, y'all have, what y'all hey, have against fat head he's, coaches? He's just trying to think about what he's going to order after the Cowboys lose to Green Bay. I mean, he's thinking ahead. You got you got At least he's thinking, right? Thinking about something. Thinking about those baby back ribs. I, dude, I haven't eaten at Applebee's in so long, I can't even tell you what's on the menu there. I really have no idea. When was the last time you ate at Applebee's, Cam? I think I've eaten there once, and it was with Snoop. <laughs> I, Dude, I think there's because there's an Applebee's in Buda. Um, I, I don't even think my daughter was born yet the last time I ate there. I, I do know they have... $1 yeah, see, now, here, now the texts are coming. Oh, it would be McCarthy that would have the Applebee's <laughs> menu. I, I have heard they have a dollar Long Island iced tea nights. Hey. So you're looking for a little pregame. Back in the day, man, that was one of my – there was a time where that was my go-to beverage. Now it's just Long Island Diet Coke tea. and Jameson. Now it's just Crystal Light peach tea and Coke Zero and water. It's yep. pretty, much, there you go. It's pretty much how I roll these days. Um, all right, we'll take a break uh, again your feedback is welcome on the Specs text line, 337-3776. Uh, what do you say we come back and hit you with a little inconceivable? We'll do that when we come back on Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Hey, uh, we're talking about the uh, the signal-stealing piece that's uh, that's in the Insider and, and a fascinating text, again, from... A listener who said their son worked for the West Virginia program and swore that they knew everyone knew Texas signals last year. Uh, I just I always wonder, Cam, with this and this does fall into inconceivable. I always wonder what 
where is that line? And it's blurred. Where is that line between gamesmanship and doing something nefarious? Yeah. No, like I, I remember Bill Parcells told a story one time that uh, they were playing the they were playing the Forty ers and they were playing them in Giant Stadium, and Bill Walsh said that uh, told the officials right before kickoff that he said, "Hey, our our communications gear isn't working, our headsets aren't working." So when one team's headsets aren't working, both teams lose the ability to use headsets, and. The ne- apparently the next time they met, like Parcells was like, all right, it's well gamesmanship. And apparently Parcells just told Bill Walsh the next time they played, he said, look, uh, yeah, I respect you, but the next time we have this little headset issue, we're, we're going to have a problem. Yeah. And I don't think Bill Walsh ever had a headset problem again ever playing again? Bill Parcells. It's, I, I, sadly, I think it's just a part of sports, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, go back to the Houston Astros baseball scandal right it's like sorry Astros fans it's like you know as much as I'm anti Houston Astros every baseball team cheats now you could argue they don't cheat the level the Astros did but you know we don't know that I mean part of sports is trying to get a leg up on your opponent right hell the Patriots man Spygate yeah we're we're, we're, we're gonna talk about you know if you don't think your favorite team is doing that you're wrong like I'm sure there's people on Steve Sarkeesian's staff, on Texas staff, who are trying to find tips on play calling, right? Uh, you know, whether that's a GA or, or an analyst somebody. or somebody. It's, it's not Sark himself looking out for it, possibly. <laughs> no, sorry, but it's, Sark there's have someone time to do on that. the staff. Yeah, I mean, that's what I said. Like, it's there's there's certain levels of gamesmanship that I think it's you know sports, especially at the higher levels where there's a lot of money involved and jobs are on the line. Yeah. It's kind of one of those, uh, there, there is no honor among thieves. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those deals. Like every, like you said, everybody does it. It's kind of like if you assume that your, you know, your favorite college sports program isn't doing something, well, with NIL's kind of changed the oh game. Oh my but goodness. If you, if you don't think that something nefarious is going on, then you're living in la-la land. No one's playing it by the book. And it's one of those deals, it's like nobody can pin down exactly what school a b or c is doing mm-hmm. but you just kind of assume yeah it's just that's the way it is so uh stoner says realize there is no proof that we don't know someone else's signals too that's true man i just told i just told the greg robinson story yeah the late great greg robinson and yeah stoner I, I saw your text uh greg robinson's real close to being on the no slander list i just will Muschamp is there and, and gerard hurt is there for for Sure, both of those guys are there. Cam, did you have anything for Inconceivable today? You want to do it? Yeah. All right. Let's go a little NBA. I know I promised no more NBA talk, but this is really NBA. This is kind of NBA gossip. And Jeff? Oh, I, I love I. Do you, you know, know where what, I'm going with this? You know what's sad? I enjoy the NBA offseason more than I enjoy the NBA season. Like it's for, incredible. Free, NBA free agency fascinates me. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why. It's just I just find it to be highly, highly entertaining. No, I think you're spot on. I think the regular season has become, I mean, less and less important. I mean, look at the Miami Heat. You know, they barely made it to the playoffs. <laughs> like it's, it's. Uh, I just want the season to hurry up and get over so we can get the free agency. So there are two things. First off, um, the John Morant gun scandal, right? Adam Silver said during uh, Levy hopped on. John Morant, a.k.a. Papa Doc, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Answer were hopped on NBA countdown before game one and basically said, you know, kind of kind of hinted at that, you know, Morant's going to get a pretty big suspension. Right. And now there was that last the last video on Instagram live from one of his boys that showed Morant 
holding a gun, right? Mm-hmm. So it's been about two weeks. Two weeks for John Morant's PR team, if he has one, to come up with something, right? Do you know what their response was? Enlighten me. That it was a toy gun. They spent two weeks working on some sort of comeback, and they landed on, yeah, it was a toy gun, Adam Silver. Am I am I crazy to think that a, a 20, what's John Morant, 22, 23 years old is going to own a toy gun? That, on the surface, to me, just hearing that, that almost makes the story worse. Like, what? Yeah. So you're, you got a toy, what, why do you have a toy gun? Like, what? Now, now, now you really are being a phone, uh, a phony tough yeah. guy. If I'm Adam Silver, and you let's, let's say okay, he was going to get 20 games. If I'm Adam Silver and I hear them say, "Oh, it was a fake gun," you're getting 50 games now for using that yeah. stupid excuse. For real, that's all I got on John Morant. Uh, real quick, uh, baby mama drama. Sion Williamson involved. Now, if you haven't heard this story, just um, during your free time. Away from work, just type in Zion Williamson on Twitter. Um, last night, or whenever it was, him and his girlfriend, her name is Akima, announced that they were expecting a baby together. So congrats to Sion. Um, but Sion's side chick, uh, adult star Mariah Mills. Ruh-roh. Not too happy, Jeff. Uh, she claims that, one, she also could be pregnant with Zion's baby. Um, she went on a Twitter tirade yesterday saying, I was with you last week in New Orleans. How could you get a random thought pregnant? I love you. I love you. I love you. I helped you get back in shape. Basically, just had a full-on breakdown on social media yesterday, finding out that um, Zion is pregnant with another woman's baby. Oh, it's just, like you said, the NBA offseason, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh. You know, it's it's crazy. You go back to that 2019 draft, and everybody knows I'm I'm pretty big following the uh, the sports card and collectibles market. A lot of that stuff blew up because of the hype around Zion and Ja going one two in that draft. Mm-hmm. Luca was a big part of it too, but there was so much buzz, so much hype, so much hope about Ja and Zion. And what are we? Uh, four years later from those guys getting drafted, what what kind of career are either of them going to have at this point? I'm not just talking about this. I'm not talking about this stuff with Zion. I'm talking about the fact that he can't stay healthy. Yeah. And then Ja, it, it, now it's almost like you're just counting down to the next time he just does something stupid to put himself in just in a, in a bad situation. The stuff surrounding them right now, it's not good with Zion. He can't stay healthy, and it appears he's not really trying his hardest in rehab. And then for John Morant, it just seems like either the group around him, his parents, himself, you know, he's just kind of, they're both throwing their careers away if they don't figure it out. Because I think, I think without a doubt, Zion Williamson, if he's healthy, he could be an easy top five best player in the league. But he just can't stay healthy, and I yeah. don't know how much of that is just he doesn't want to play. And, you know, New Orleans got this max contract thing with him coming up. Yeah, so, I, I just, that's that's got to be part of it, right? I, I, I can't think of what else it would be. I can't, it's hard for me to imagine a guy that's just kind of, eh, whatever, when it comes to his basketball career. 
I do hope for the game of basketball that they both get it figured out. If neither of these guys do get it figured out, Cam, you're looking at that 2019 draft. If you take those two out of the equation, Darius Garland is the next best player to come out of that draft, and it's not even close. Yeah. And Zion, by the way, he did sign a five-year, $194 million extension. So at least he'll be able to, you know, pay child support if his uh, side chick porn star girl does have another baby. You know, at least he'll be covered for that. Wild. All right, that's going to do it for Inconceivable. We'll come back and close out this edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, live locally and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Craig Way and Jeff Howe, Light the Tower. Rolling along here, hour number two of Light the Tower. Chad and Zay coming up at the top of the hour. Cameron Parker, Jeff Howard taking you through your late morning into your lunch hour. Craig Way not with us today. He's on his way out to Stanford. They were supposed to be wheels up at 11. I'm assuming everything went off without a hitch because we have not gotten a dispatch from the voice of the Longhorn, so that usually means everything is good as chad hastings tells me if you have not heard from craig way that means everything is going right on cue right um so real quick story i was i was supposed yeah to, let's hear this. i was going to the doctor this morning i was supposed to have a uh an imaging procedure done and then ended up getting there late and i was like wow this is shocker jeff was late to something but i had a legitimate excuse i was picking my shorts up and so i got there late and they're like well you're here too late we got to reschedule the procedure like, great so this is the second time first time they switched it on me and now I was late, and they had to switch it. So at some point, I'll get this done. But I was picking up my shorts off the floor that I wore yesterday. Just kind of, you guys know how it is. You're too tired or lazy or whatever to just put your clothes in a hamper. So you just now set them on the floor. I was taking my belt off of my shorts, and as I'm pulling the belt off, I felt a pinch and a sting uh, on my finger. I got stung by a scorpion again, Cam. Again? In your house? Yes. I got I got tagged on the leg, on the kneecap, oh. on the kneecap, my left kneecap and the inside of my left thigh last week. And now it was the left knuckle on my index finger. That thing that thing burned. It hurt way more than the one on the leg did. The one on the leg just felt like I was like, man, something don't feel right. Like what is that little like it got an ant bite or something. This one was probably because it's just right on the bone. Like there's no meat on your knuckle. It's just skin and bone. So maybe that just makes it hurt more. Well, it's kind of like when I got stung by a red wasp one time. My old house, we had a right when we moved in, there was a wasp issue in the chimney. And I guess they got in the house because I'm sitting on the couch and I just feel like this big, like poking, like a sting oh, on my God. back. And it's a red wasp tag me Jeez. right, right in, the, right in the area of your back where there is no meat. It's just a bone right there. Like you got your. Like it's your transverse transverse processes. That's the Tony Romo back injury. I remember when Romo had that. Cam Newton had that same deal too. The transverse process fracture is the one where you can't really do anything for it. Just you're you're just kind of screwed. Yeah, it's kind of like a, any kind of tailbone injury. Just sorry, bro. Just sit on yeah, a donut. Play and through it. Yep. Sit on a donut for a while and hope it heals. Uh, so yeah, that that sucked. Something fierce. So is your bite okay? Yeah, because I had because I knew you had the first hour taken care of. You had some guests lined up and everything because we talked last night. I was like, you know what? At least I got time to get home and get this thing treated a little bit and get, get an anti-inflammatory. So 
Yeah, it's, it still stings, but so I'm good. on a, I'll live. I've been I've been stung by I think of I don't know B once in my life. I've been pretty fortunate. Where do you rank the scorpion bite compared to the other? Uh, bites? Right behind the or red, stings? right behind red wasp in the back. Uh, yellow jacket in the kneecap That's would what be I've gotten, uh, would be up there too. Uh, but yeah, red wasp in the back is rough. Yeah, I got a, I got oh, a yellow thank jacket. You, thank you, Texter. Uh, the bony prominence on the back is the spine, sp- spinous process, spinous process, transverse processes go sideways. Thank you, good listener. Just want to make sure I'm not putting out false information out there. There you go. So it hurt like hell is basically what everybody needs to know about yeah, that sting. So yeah. Are you aware of the? Um, oh Lord, I'm gonna get the name wrong. I think it's the tarantula hawk dude i uh i saw some of this yeah we got like tarantulas invading the area or something so i mean i think we're right on the line where the tarantulas make their i don't know move whatever you want what's the scientific term for it there i don't know but uh the tarantula uh in northwest williamson county is a is a strong player in the ecosystem yeah there's a i need someone to spec sex line to kind of get it figured out but so basically believe it or not tarantulas they have a Someone that hunts them. And this was tipped to me by our own Derek Cohen. Yep, and there he is. He just texted me, so I know he's listening. He's a big uh, He's big into the tarantula hawks because, reportedly, their sting is the uh, most painful experience out of any insect that's not lethal. Spiders don't freak me out. I know some people get really scared by spiders. Spiders do Wait, not freak it's, it's me not, out. It's not, it's not a tarantula, Jeff. It's, a, it's literally just a hornet. Oh, but they oh. call it tarantula hawk oh. because it feeds on tarantulas. Or tarantula doesn't feed. hawk. Although the female predator will lay its eggs in a tarantula, basically just kills them. Damn. But they they aren't. They won't migration. Thank you. So how's this compared to like the murder hornet? I believe it's worse. I believe it's worse. I believe there's now there's a YouTube uh, clip. I think it's Corey Peterson. Yep, and someone in the Specs text line just uh, texted in about it. YouTube it. Um. The guy basically now he could be he could be faking it. Basically, he can't move. He gets he gets stung on the arm. He can't move for five minutes. He can't move his arm for five minutes. But the thing about these these insects is that they won't bug you unless you bug them. So they're like the uh, they're like the rattlesnake of uh, of the insect family. Yeah, just don't mess with it. Back away, and you should be all right. I didn't know they existed until Derek told me, and he showed me. I thought you were just talking about tarantulas, but tarantula hawks. Yes, so it's a little insect. Google it. They're everywhere in this area, apparently. I didn't even know they existed, and so now every time I walk around, I'm a little bit wary of it. But they'll stay away from you. Just If you see Derek Cohen out in public, stay away from him because (laughs) I don't know what he's got. He's got an infatuation with it, Derek. I don't know what's going on with you and tarantula hawks, but uh, that's a deeper issue we can get into off the air. No, well, well. I think uh, Derek should be well versed in insects because doesn't I think I, I don't think I've ever talked to her about it. I think doesn't Kelly like harvest her own honey like make her own honey did not know that so they're probably Derek okay. that's probably why why Derek is well versed on insects got to know this stuff got to yeah. make sure the got to make sure the bees thrive and live Kim my dad my dad was a, by the end of his uh, by the end of his time here on this mortal earth my dad was a big gardener had a green thumb and he was always preaching to me about the importance see my dad had this weird life transformation i don't know if it was getting cancer or what but he went from just you know into my teen and maybe it's because i was a teenager and i was just dumb and did dumb stuff went from constantly telling me to you know 
remove my head from my backside and mm-hmm. kind of what the real world course, is yeah. to tell me important things like, son, we need to make sure, don't kill a bee, just let it go. We need to make sure the bees don't die out. Yeah. Yeah, they're important to the ecosystem. I'm like, all right, well, this is uh, this is not the conversation that I anticipated <laughs> having, but it's good to know. So anytime I see bees, I try to, you know, my daughter saw some bees. This was about a year ago. Saw some bees playing outside and got scared. So I, I, I got a chance to tell my, at the time, my four-year-old, no, the bees are good. They're good. They, you know, and pollination and carrying pollen and all that fun stuff. Would you and ever, making honey. would you ever consider a career if you weren't keeping us abreast of all the latest on Texas football, a career of beekeeping? No, no, I couldn't do that. Because um, every time I think about that, like I said, in, spiders don't freak me out, but like I think I just saw Jackass too many times. There's way too many stunts <laughs> in that that involve bees. Like the time uh, it was Dave England and Steve-O played beehive tetherball. Oh, God, that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it, it was rough. It was rough. It was hilarious. Texture said, uh, I jumped off a tractor because of a spider. Big banana, banana spider. spider. What's a banana spider? I don't know. There's a mosquito mm. hawk that feeds on mosquito larvae. Mosquito larvae. Well, that's that's gross. Tarantula hawks are effing huge and scary. After they sting, they carry them off. That's kind of sadistic. Uh, this texture says, took a red wasp sting to the back of the neck. Hurt like hell. Saw somebody else say, that, I think it was Pastor Smasher said, the red wasp behind the ear. That's uh. That sounds... That sounds uh, Pretty uh, pretty tough. There's a show on Hulu called Pain Kings about how painful insect stings are. They rate them on a 30-point scale. Centipedes are the most painful, according to them. And really? This texture said, you guys are freaking me out. I'm not going outside. <laughs> they, won't, they won't harm you, apparently, unless you harm them first. I, I was in Academy a couple of weeks ago trying to find shoes and uh, didn't find any, but I heard somebody asking one of the Academy employees, y'all know, y'all carry snake boots? I'm like, oh, y'all getting ready to go do some, mm, some serious yeah. business if you are if you need to go buy snake boots. Anytime you're messing around in the brush, you got to make sure you got your snake boots on. You ever had to wear snake boots for anything, Cam? No, fortunately I have not. Back in North Carolina, y'all had the big old Eastern Diamondbacks, right? Yeah. Just got to watch out for. Yeah, but I, I didn't, I wasn't out like that where, where I was you, in danger. Where you had to worry about the uh, the unfriendly Eastern Diamondback rattlesnake. Found out banana spiders, so they're kind of like garden I think a banana spiders. spider is a wolf spider, the yellow and black ones, maybe. Yeah, know. it's a big yellow and black one. Okay. It's not the same thing as, well, apparently it's kind of like, because see, I grew up with a lot of garden spiders, but they don't they don't harm you. You know, they're just, they're just literally in your garden. They, they hang up big webs, and they're, they're pretty big suckers, but they, they stay away from you. Actually, you know, my mom used to collect tarantulas as a kid. In our, in our, when we lived briefly in Round Rock, because we yeah. had a big open field that's now, of course, been demolished for development. But we, we, we were inside the tarantula migration zone, so we would keep them around the house, you know, just as for a little fun and then let them out. Mm-hmm. Bizarro Dale Dudley has one of those jobs. He's a surveyor. Snake boots are a necessity, but damn, they are hot. Well, yeah, I bet. Little, I little, bet. Disc, little discomforts, uh, I think, better than a snake bite on top of the foot or something along those lines. All right, Cam? Uh, great job today, man. And apparently, based on the Specs text line feedback, I, I got to go on a YouTube rabbit hole uh, with Coyote Peterson. Apparently, he takes insect stings and tries I, to figure I think out. That's the guy, I think I said Chris Peterson, who's a former football the coach former Wash- Washington. Boise State and Washington head I coach. I think he's on Fox Sports now. Maybe he's doing his own pain, you know. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris Peterson. Welcome to Jackass. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's on one of those deals, but Coyote Peterson might be on the agenda. Jeff, Cam, what's your schedule this week? So we know, because we know Texas plays Stanford. 
Saturday. Well, I'll be here tomorrow. Okay. So we'll go find some low-hanging fruit in Florida, talk a little more Texas football, talk a little Texas baseball. I'm assuming Craig will be with us, but you know how it is when he's doing setup on press conference day. It could be Craig could be with us for 10 minutes. He could be with us for the whole show. He could be with us not at all. So. I think from when I talked to him yesterday, you should expect listeners to get some Craig way. At least a little week. bit. At least a little bit. And if not, Texas plays baseball on Saturday. Sunday and maybe even the Monday. If, the if necessary on Monday. All right, Cam, thanks, man. You did a great job today. Uh, thank you, everybody, on the Specs text line for your feedback. For the absent Craig Way, for Cameron Parker, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back tomorrow to conclude your broadcast week and to light the tower on the horn, live, local, and digital, on the horn app and at hornfm.com.